0: What's up world, I'm Cameron McKinney and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies White Noise and Black Adam. First, let's talk about white noise. Here's a quick synopsis. College professor Jack Gladney and his family are forced to evacuate their home after a chemical leak pollutes the air. And when they return, both he and his wife, Babette, have a concerning fear of dying. The film stars Adam Driver, Greta Gerwig, Don Cheadle, Raffi Cassidy, Sam and Mae Novola, Jody Turner-Smith, Andre Free Thousand, and Bill Camp. Standout performances. Adam Driver has worked with almost every person ...who is considered a great filmmaker, but his most fruitful collaboration has been with writer-director Noah Baumbach, beginning with a supporting role in Francis Ha, and then a leading role in While We're Young with Ben Stiller, Naomi Watts, and Amanda Seyfried, what I believe to be Baumbach's most underrated film. The duo of Driver and Baumbach are coming off of their most successful film-to-date, Marriage Story, which paired Driver with Scarlett Johansson and featured Laura Dern and... Alan Alda and the late great Ray Liotta. For his performance, Driver was nominated for an Academy Award for the second time in his career and the first for a leading role. In White Noise, he's playing his most transformative role in a back film as Jack Gladney, a professor of Hitler studies. He gives some amazing monologues. Driver is capable of fitting into any kind of filmmaking style, he can be in a movie with very little dialogue and convey emotions, and can work with someone like back where the dialogue is everything. White Noise is Driver's lone 2022 movie, but he's got two films coming in 23, 65, a sci-fi thriller from the co-writers of A Quiet Place, and Michael Mann's Ferrari, Will Driver will be playing Enzo Ferrari alongside Penelope Cruz and Shane. Woodley. Driver is also currently filming Francis Ford Coppola's long-awaited film *Megapolis*. Greta Gerwig has become a prominent writer and director, but before that, she previously worked with Baumbach on Greenberg with Ben Stiller as Florence, an assistant who falls in love with her employer's brother, played by Stiller. France Ha hot as Francis, a character struggling to become an adult, and in Mistress America as Brooke, a flamboyant woman who is trying to impress her soon tsun- to be Stepsister. Gerwig co-wrote both Frances Ha and Mistress America. Gerwig has not acted in a film since Wes Anderson's Isle of Dog and hasn't appeared in a live action film since 2016. In White Noise, she is playing Babette, the loving wife to Driver's character, who begins taking a mysterious pill that concerns her family. Gerwig's energy as a performer is infectious. Gerwig, of course, is the writer director of the upcoming Barbie movie co-written by Bombac starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling and like the rest of the world, I'm intrigued by what I saw in the trailer. I love her as a director. Lady Bird and Little Women are masterpieces but I also want to see Gerwig continue to act. I think she's the most unique actress working today. Don Cheadle is an actor who early on in his career was working with great filmmakers. 1997, he worked with Paul Thomas Anderson on Boogie Nights. He worked with Steven Soderbergh on 1998's Out of Sight, 2000's Traffic, and the Free Oceans films from 2001 to 2007, and in 1998, he worked with Warren Beatty on Bullworth, but since 2008, his acting abilities, in my opinion, have largely been wasted in the MCU, where he plays Rhodey, Tony Stark's best friend, aka War Machine, beginning in 2010's Iron Man 2, taking over the role from Terrence Howard, who I think is better as the character. And in the last two years, Cheeto has reminded people what he's capable of in the hands of a great director. Last year, he reunited with Soderbergh on the crime thriller, No Sudden Move, and gave what I believe to be one of his best leading performances. And this year, for the first time, he works with Bomback as a professor who focuses on Elvis Presley. And there's a great scene where both Cheeto and Driver are hosting a lecture talking about both Elvis and Hitler respectively. It's one of the best moments of White Noise. Cheadle is next set to star in the miniseries The Big Cigar with Alessandro Nivola and will reprise his role of Rhodes in the Marvel Disney Plus show Secret Invasion and is supposedly getting his own movie titled Armored Wars. Maybe they'll finally do the character and Cheadle justice. There are two young actors from White Noise who I want to shout out and they are Raffi Cassidy who I believe is underrated. She was great and Yorgos Lanthimos' Killing of a Sacred Deer and Brady Cobert's Vox Lux, and has some great scenes with Driver and White Noise. And the other is Sam Nivola, who acts as the expert of the toxic air event and has everyone panicked. He's the breakout star of the film. And the last person I wanted to mention is Jodie Turner-Smith, who gave two great performances in Koganadas after Yang and White Noise, both with not a ton of screen time, yet she's memorable and both. She has two TV projects on the way, Bad Monkeys with Vince Vaughn and Michelle Monaghan, and The Acolyte, a Star Wars Disney Plus show, and she will be in Murder Mystery 2 with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Noah Baumbach is one of my all-time favorite filmmakers. I love the dialogue in his films that are usually about intellectuals, both real and fake, and in that sense, white noise feels in relation to his past work, but in other ways, it feels totally different. For one, it's the first adaptation of his career. White Noise is adapted from the Don DeLillo novel with the same title. It's also far and away his most ambitious film from a visual standpoint to the story itself. All of his other films are straightforward and feel like real life. White Noise is surreal and way more stylish than his other movies. He's working within a space he's very good at while also challenging himself. It's the closest Bomback has gotten to making a blockbuster movie. It was reported this week that Bomback's next movie is set to star both Adam Sandler and Brad Pitt I personally loved Adam Sandler in the Meyerowitz stories so I of course love to see that these two are going to be reunited and I can't wait to see Brad Pitt in a Noah Bomback movie. I love to see Pitt work with different directors. He was really good when he worked with the Coen brothers I love when Brad Pitt works with great directors. Some may say that White noise is. Pretentious, but it's about something we can all relate to and we think about, a fear of death. I also think this is the perfect time for this movie to come out because the toxic air event reminded me of the pandemic and how a lot of people reacted and overreacted to that with tons of dread. Oscar chances. When this movie was coming out, it was looked at as a heavy Oscar contender due to all of the big names involved, but I would be shocked to see it get any nominations. For Driver, there are too many other leading performances getting critical acclaim. The movie's only chance would be a best screenplay adaptation for Bomback himself. Challenging movies like this often don't get Oscar recognition. Overall, White Noise made me realize that Bomback is capable of making large scale films. It doesn't mean I want him to say direct a Marvel movie, but it shows he's more of an interesting visual filmmaker than what he's been known for in the past. This movie might not be for everyone, but a Noah Baumbach movie led by Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig for me is a must watch and the movie delivered. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Black Adam. Here's a quick synopsis. After being imprisoned for 5,000 years, an all-powerful figure Teth Adams is released to help save his city Kadok. The film stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Aldous Hodge, Sarah Shahi, Noah Centineo, Quintessa Swindell and Pierce Brosnan. Standout performances. Like it or hate Dwayne The Rock Johnson is one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, and one of the biggest ways he's become that is by joining established franchises. 2012's Journey to the Mysterious Island, the sequel to Journey to the Center of the Earth, made $335 million at the box office. 2013's G.I. Joe Retaliation made over $375 million. Three of the four Fast and the Furious films where Johnson has played Luke Hobbs made over a billion dollars. His Jumanji movies have been super successful. The first one made $962 million and the sequel made $801 million. And during this run of success, I think we were all thinking, when is The Rock going to be in a comic book movie? Johnson was cast as the Black Adam all the way back in 2014 and has been talking to the studio about making this movie since 2007, for those of you not familiar with the character of Black Adam, as he is usually portrayed as the arch nemesis of Captain Marvel. But because he's The Rock, they made a movie with him as the protagonist. I do not like The Rock in this role, and would have much rather seen him as the villain in a Captain Marvel-led film. The movies where I like The Rock have been the ones where he's not asked to carry the film, like Michael Bay's Pain and Gain with Mark Wahlberg and Anthony Mackie or Jungle Cruise with Emily Blunt. I don't blame The Rock. He was given a bad character. There is nothing interesting there. Teth Adams is underdeveloped in this movie. I also want to talk about the characters that make up the Justice Society, a group of superheroes in the movie who are made up of Hawkman, played by Aldous Hodge, who is great as Jim Brown in One Night in Miami, and in the horror film The Invisible Man, Adam Smasher, played by Noah Centineo, best known as the co-lead of the Netflix teen romantic comedy movie To All the Boys I've Loved Before, Quintessenta Swindell as Cyclone, and Pierce Brosnan, the man who played James Bond in four films from 1995 to 2002, plays the magical Doctor Fate. And none of these characters work. They are all archetypes of other characters that have been successful in these kind of movies. For example, Centineo is playing an overeager younger character that has never been in battle. Similar to Tom Holland's Spider-Man in Captain America Civil War, but done a lot less effectively. The arcs of these characters are lame and have been done before. This lets assemble the team scene is old and tired and I'm sick of seeing it in these kind of movies. I've seen it in Suicide Squad. I've seen it in the Avengers movies. We get it. There's going to be a scene in these movies where they have to put together a team, do something new, and do something interesting. My feelings on Black Adam as a movie is I probably would have liked it a lot better if it came out in the early to late 2000s during the early years of superhero movies that's back when I liked flawed comic book films like Ben Affleck's Daredevil or Fantastic Four but now we've seen what these movies can offer and they are way better than this if you want to make a good comic book movie it needs to show originality not a retread of movies that have been done before another thing I'm tired of is these movies questioning exactly what a hero is It's another thing that's been done over and over again. Black Adam being an anti-hero isn't as effective as this movie thinks it is. The idea of anti-hero has been done a lot better in movies like Deadpool and even the two Suicide Squad films. What's more interesting than the movie Black Adam itself has been what's happened after its release. The aftermath of Black Adam is insane. First, I don't want to spoil anything, but the world knows that Henry Cavill is in this movie as Superman. I won't reveal why or how and Kayville himself announced he was coming back to play the character and the world was rejoicing until leadership changed at DC. Director James Gunn and producer Peter Safran were named co-heads of DC films and since they took over it was announced and confirmed by Kayville himself he will in fact not be returning to the studio to play Clark Kent and that they will be making a different movie about a young Younger Superman written by James Gunn. And they've also decided not to move forward with Wonder Woman free with Gal Gadot, and The Rock has come forward and said that Gunn told him a Black Adam sequel is not in their short term plans. That's a lot to take in, and I'll be the first one to rag on how bad DC films have been in the past. Batman v Superman, Justice League, and Wonder Woman 2 are awful films, but is this the right way to go about making well-known actors look bad? Part of the reason the MCU is so successful is they get bigger names to be in their movies and form long-term relationships with the like of Robert Downey Jr., Samuel L. Jackson, Chris Evans, and Hemsworth. In the span of weeks, DC has ticked off the guy who played Superman all albeit in some bad movies, although I liked Man of Steel, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, someone who most studios want to be in business with. And I haven't even yet mentioned the fact that they scrapped an entire Batgirl movie that was bringing back Michael Keaton's Batman. My question is, is any big name going to want to work for Warner Brothers on a DC movie ever again? I want to focus on Henry Cavill for a second, because I know there are some people out there who love his version, of Superman. I'm not the biggest Superman is an interesting character kind of guy. I think the character is boring, and that's why I think Batman movies are a lot better than any Superman movie has ever been. Superman, they made a good movie with Christopher Reeve. Some of them are bad. I don't think any of those movies are as good as any Batman movie. I think Batman is just a way more interesting character. I think this is a blessing in disguise for Vill. I know a lot of people are bringing up the fact that he quit The Witcher to be in these Superman movies. I don't know if that's true, but I think this is the best thing for his career, not to play this boring, bland character, because I enjoy him way more in movies like Man From U.N.C.L.E. or Mission Impossible Fallout. I don't know if he'll ever be the leading man we all thought he was going to be, but I think Henry Cavill is more interesting of a guy when he's not playing Superman. I love him, as sure Locke and Enola Holmes with Millie Bobby Brown. I think he's destined to be in those kind of movies. I want Henry Cavill to be in good movies, whether he's the lead or not. He's been in one good movie as Superman. I also wonder what this all means for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I mean, there were reports that this movie made $390 million worldwide, which isn't great, and media outlets have said that it lost money. But The Rock himself tweeted it made a profit. Who knows who to believe, but I just wonder, is this the end of Dwayne The Rock Johnson being a massive, massive movie star, or is this the end of all superhero movies making a bow load of money? I think it says more about the latter. I think The Rock will bounce back. He'll show up in a Jumanji movie. He'll make his 18th movie with Kevin Hart. Dwayne The Rock Johnson will continue to be in movies that make a lot of money. For me, Black Adam signifies that you can't just make any superhero movie about any character, make it boring and bland, and it will make 700 to 800 million dollars. That's not the world we're in anymore. I don't think that's the case. It used to be the case. Remember when Suicide Squad came out, that movie made 900 million dollars. But then its sequel, The Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn, did not make a boatload of money. And we could argue whether or not that movie is any good or not. My point is, all superhero movies are not all making money anymore. Of course, there are some that are going to make money. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the Marvel movies are still seemingly making money. But I wonder if a Marvel movie could struggle like Black Adam has. I think the future of superhero movies is in doubt, at least to the extent of them all being box office behemoths. For me, the future of DC should be all about the filmmakers. Their best movies recently have been Todd Phillips Joker and Matt Reeves the Batman. No one cares if all the movies connect to one another. It's about making good movies. And for DC, that's been few and far between. Maybe you can scale back and make less movies, but the ones that come out are, I don't know, actually really good. I'm really interested to see the upcoming Flash movie. We all know about the controversies with that one. It has Ezra Miller, a problematic star. It will be interesting to see if that movie makes a boatload, or it fails the same way that Black Adam failed. I think it will come down to the quality of the movie, as it should, by the way. Overall, Black Adam totally doesn't know what it is. The idea that Black Adam is an anti-hero who is willing to kill falls flat, and so does the humor, this is the kind of movie that makes you think maybe superhero movies won't be on top forever, and maybe, just maybe, there should be less of them, and it should be quality over quantity. And I'll end on this, I'm not the biggest fan of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, I don't quite understand his superstardom, I've seen the Jumanji movies, they're fine, I don't understand why he's one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, but I do feel bad for him, I mean it just doesn't make sense how this movie was in the works for so long, and it turned out so bad. And he must know that, I'm sure he thought him being one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, fine finally. finally being in a superhero movie was going to be a massive, massive success. And it's really weird that the biggest failure of The Rock's career is a comic book movie because you'd think they would be a match made in heaven. And sadly it wasn't. And the movie builds up to this fight between Black Adam and Henry Cavill's Superman that is never going to happen. That's the problem with trying to make movies that all have to connect to one another is what if one of them fails? and you have to give up on that movie that's on the way. I mean, what was the point of it all? Just make a movie that is good. And Black Adam isn't good. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and I highly recommend you check out White Noise. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about Damien Chazelle's Babylon starring Margot Robbie, Diego Calva, and Brad Pitt, and Scott Cooper's The Pale Blue Eye, starring Christian Bale and Harry Melling, so tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe.